there's a term that I tell my teams all the time, and I, I got it from Bobby Bones, who's a who's a country music singer. Yeah. You probably see him on American Idol or whatever, but he always talks about fight, grind, repeat. And that's kind of my mantra is like, hey, just keep fighting, grinding, and repeating. Hey, guys. Welcome to Wake, Dad, Drink, Repeat, the podcast for today's dad. As always, I'm your host, Anthony Palmer. Before we get into this week's episode, I have a favor to ask you guys. As you know, this is an independently run podcast, so your support really makes a difference. If you could take a minute and rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, that would be awesome. While you're at it, be sure to share this episode or any of your other favorites with a fellow dad. And if you have any thoughts or suggestions you'd like to share, you can always send them my way at todaysdad at wakedaddrinkrepeat.com. Hope you guys enjoy this week's episode. I am joined this week by my longtime friend, Eric Bell. Eric is a stepdad to two. He's a former amateur world champion in triathlon, and he's an all-around great human. Eric, thanks for joining me on the pod, man. Anthony, thanks for having me, man. It's been great to uh, catch up uh, with you again. It's uh, been a long time, I think, 20-something years. <laughs> it's been a minute, man. <laughs> yeah, well, that's when I first met you, I should say, 20 yeah. years ago. Uh, maybe a little less when you were... Uh, getting into your running career and we kind of got started on working out and doing some running things together. I was laughing about that the other day. I was at our buddy, uh, Mick Larrabee's getting my, uh, I guess my SI back in line after fucking it up for a few weeks. And, uh, I walked into his back room and there was the old OPI oh, yeah. <laughs> flag up on the wall and whatnot. But. OPI. That was back in the day before I knew what the hell I was going to do. <laughs> Not that I do I now. Say, yeah, out. no, I haven't. <laughs> But that was for sure before I knew anything. <laughs> oh man! Well, dude, I am. Um, I'm really excited about chatting with you today. Um, I think one of the things I've been wanting to, I've been wanting to have you on the show for a while because, like I said to you as we were getting ready, we both kind of have come into the fatherhood world um, and the non-traditional path for some. It's probably becoming way more traditional nowadays than it was back in the day, but. Um, you know, you've got, you've got two step kids and, um, you know, I adopted Anderson obviously when Michelle and I got married. So, um, it's been a different journey for us both getting there, but, um, I guess kind of my, where I wanted to start with is how, how has that kind of blended family journey been for you and in coming into the role as a, as a dad and as somebody who I, from just, like you said, going back 20 years, that's always a role you wanted to play. Um, so how has that journey been for you? Yeah, I think it's um it's been pretty unbelievable actually. We, you know, our journey was a little different in the beginning. Uh when Jeanette and I were dating, she got cancer and um so I got involved in the girl's life pretty fast. Yeah. Um as we kind of went through that journey and then our oldest Kate, who's going to be a senior at Farragut uh high school this year, she's a phenomenal volleyball player, but she had a major back surgery that oh, wow. about a month after we uh, got married, she did that surgery. So we kind of had two, three really major life events in about a year's yeah, time. We, <laughs> we had cancer and dealing with that with with Jeanette, and then we had got married, and then um, and then we dealt with that surgery. And so we became uh, pretty close through traumatic events in life, sure. you know, pretty fast. And you know, I I'm very fortunate because their father is in, involved in their life. Dr- uh, tremendously. He's a great guy. Him and I get along great. Couldn't ask for a better situation, yeah, man. you know, from a blended family standpoint. And then two girls that I just, I love and I, I adore them. And to be involved in their life, they love athletics. 
they have given me so much joy. You know, um, I think growing up, I, I, you know, obviously thought I'd probably have my own family. And then when I met Jeanette and kind of where we were in life and what was going on, it was, this was my, this was the road that, that I am on and, and was a part of. And, um, and I couldn't ask for anything better. They're yeah, sure. just really awesome girls and, and they're athletic, which is a bonus for me. Yeah, right? absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're both ath- unbelievable athletes. And so I get to uh, watch them and, and uh, be a part of their life. And I, th- I think the, the thing that's the, the best part in, you know, me and my psychologist, Dr. Tyler talk about it a lot, you know, coming into it. And, and even now, you know, five years later, um, of being married and, and being with them a lot is that I bring a different perspective. I'm not right. in the, I'm not in the fire, right? right? I'm not in the middle of the fire cause I bring a, a, a unique perspective and I'm a little bit removed from right. the biological mother and father with them and how they interact. And so a lot of times I feel like I just give a different perspective and then they want that different perspective. Right. Yeah. They get the, they get the opportunity there of having kind of that bonus parent, right? Like it's, you're still, and, and it's, it is very apparent, like, and it has been from day one with you guys, like how much you care about those girls and how you, I mean, I, I, every year on, you know, when, when their birthdays roll around me, you always do these really great social posts about it. Like you can just tell your love for them, um, which they're certainly very fortunate to be able to be on the receiving side of. And obviously you're fortunate to be able to get that, in return too, but, um, that's a cool kind of added bonus maybe of as sticky and nasty as divorce can be at times and all that. Like that's a, that's a nice little added perk, I guess when it, when everybody gets along and then the girls or the children kind of get that added bonus of having somebody else who gives a damn enough to be thinking about it on a scale of being able to go, okay, well I can be that this added mm-hmm. voice. Cause I'm, I'm out of the drama. A little yeah. Bit, you know? Yeah. And I, and I can, you know, I, I've had conversations with them that probably their mother and father won't have. Right. 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 <laughs> and or at I'm least not, in a I'm, way that they're yeah, not going to have it. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not afraid to just jump in the middle of the middle of a conversation about sex with them and talk, to them. Hey man, let's, let's, let's get to the bottom of this. And, uh, and so that's been awesome. And then, Honestly, I don't even that I think the times that I know notice that they're not my children are when they go to their fathers, and, right? And otherwise, I, I really feel like they're my kids, right? And, and we have great talks, we have great chats. I mean, um, we, we travel a lot because of um, because of the athletics. You know, sure. like we're headed to Vegas uh, with Kate and her mom are are headed there today and I'll be there on Friday, you know, and I, I'd love going and being a part of the, yeah. their journey. And, um, you know, I think I bring a different perspective from a, from an athlete with my background in sure. psychology. And so I kind of feel like I bring a lot to their, to the plate. Um, and then we just have a, a really awesome relationship and we, um, we, you know, we, like I said, what can it, it all revolves around a little bit about sports and just loving one another and, and, and trying to be the best of who we are and, and you came in, I mean, they're Kate's 17 and Annie's 14. So, I mean, you came into their lives in a, in the tween teen, like mm-hmm. turbulent time of life anyways. And then to have the life events you guys had, um, for you to be sitting here, however many years later and having a positive spin on it, clearly things went okay. Cause yeah. Cause I don't know right now that my 10 year old would take me entering her life right now in a very pleasant way, you know, like, yeah, uh, I kind of, um, uh, you know, I have a big, uh, 
a big motto that I live by and it kind of came from young life. And it's like you earn the right to be heard. And so it was the same with them. Like I had to earn the right to be heard in their life too. I couldn't just, I'm not just going to jump in their life and all of a sudden I've got this wisdom or whatever. And, and everything wasn't great all the time. Sure. We went through right good times, bad times, but we've come through a lot. And I think we, our foundation built around, we can get through the hardest of hard things together. Um, You know, there's really not much that, that will kind of destroy that. And so it's been really, really awesome to kind of walk through that. I think about that a lot, like with my family, um, with um, growing up when, you know, when my dad had his cancer and we were, Anna and I were both young and just that kind of journey and foundation that that started with, like, that's a big, um, sorry, as the dogs are barking because the Publix delivery dude came back with groceries again that he must have forgotten. Um, (laughs) But as, um, as that as that foundation came for us when, when my dad was sick, like those are those moments, those are those make or break moments, Mm -hmm. right? Like, and for us, we had been a family for, I mean, I was, I was 10 when dad was sick. So my parents have been together obviously prior to that, but like, you know, we had 10 plus years of foundation available there. You guys didn't have much, um, but you made it through it. So those are those things that it, it almost like solidifies that you've got the, the chops to kind of, keep pushing and going, you know, it makes, it makes the next thing that come feels a little less scary because you've got that, yeah. that base there. Yeah. What's interesting. You say that I, I remember when, uh, you remember Amy Midas, we used to yeah, run yeah, yeah. with her and her husband is a physician, cancer doctor, Greg Midas. And <clears throat> I remember one day running into him in a parking lot, maybe at fresh market. And he had heard about what was going on with Jeanette and I. And he was like, Hey man, way to go. Way to stick in it. Yeah, And I was like, what are you even talking about? And he's like, a lot of people, uh, when cancer hits, whether they're married or, you know, at that time we were just dating. He's like, a lot of them just jet. And I was like, man, that's just not who I am. In fact, you know, that's when I immediately called and said, let's get a ring. And, you know, so she knows I'm in it. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think about that, you know, had she or the girls had to go through that kind of on their own. It would have been a different world for all of them. Oh, yeah, man. Um. And it, and it created, to your point, it created the foundation of who we are. And it kind of, now there is no break moments, right? Right. We can, we can get through a lot of stuff together. Well, you said too a minute ago, and it's, I, I think there's a lot of people who don't, and you, and you and I are, we still are coming from it from a little bit of a different approach, but people who, who don't have stepkids or children that they've adopted or whatever, it, it's a... Uh, it's a foreign concept, I guess, to some extent to say like, Oh, I view them as mine. And the only time I struggle with that is when they go to their dads or whatever. Like I have, I mean, Anderson is, is mine. So there's no getting around that one way or another, but it's funny to me how I can't at this point with Oliver being three. And I, I really couldn't before Oliver was born, but him being born really solidified it. Like I can't not view her as mine. Right. Like, cause she's sure mine. I mean, I'm with her, I'm dad, I'm around, I'm, you know, all the time I'm doing all of those things with her. So it's hard. It, it, it's not even a concept in my head to envision her not as yeah much mine as he is mine. Um, so it's really cool to hear that as somebody who, you know, you weren't there maybe for X amount of years of their life to begin with, but to be in that spot where that's who they are to you, yeah. you know? Um, and that's a, that's a, 
just like what you were saying about the the cancer journey with Jeanette, like that's a lot that it speaks to the, to the, your character, I think as being able to own that, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, it's funny. People are like, are these your daughters? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, they're my daughters. Cause it's just easier to, be to like, say that they're, yeah, they're my daughters. Right. Like, well, actually they're my stepdaughters and well, where you don't, you don't have kids. And so I always go through that. And it, to me, it's, there is no What's difference. The point? Right. Yeah. yeah. Cause they, they're yours. You love them as yours. Cause they're yours, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting, <laughs> it's an interesting piece of it, but, um, well, man, like I said, I mean, I was, I, I wanted to talk about that, but I, one of the things I was really excited, the other thing I was really excited about having you on for is, you know, I, you said it well, we've known each other a long time and you've always had this, um, uh, this way about the way that your brain works, whether it's for good or for bad, of mm-hmm. overthinking shit and being analytical about it all and whatever. And I, I, I do a lot of the same. Um, so, uh, as you've come through this journey of being a dad and I mean, you've put aside the family piece, you going from this career of being on this road as of a professional athlete to, you know, that going away and you doing this family thing and working in uh, medical sales now and, and doing that well and all that. But like, how, how have you work to kind of balance your mental health through all of that. Cause it yeah. is, it's, it is a lot. I mean, all of that is a lot. Yeah. Um, I'd say I didn't do it very well in the beginning. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize, you know, some of the struggles, you know, I go back to when I was in college and I dealt with some depression in college and that's kind of what, you know, caused me to transfer from the university of Florida to finish my sure. career at the university of Tennessee and run for, for, um, you know, UT and then, uh, started seeing Dr. Tyler then and kind of moving through some things in my life to address. And luckily I had a mom that was, you know, former alcoholic that, um, you know, was like, Hey, you need to get some help on you're dealing with some things and let's get some, get you some help quickly. So I think that was a benefit. And then, um, you know, as my triathlon world kind of came crashing down with chronic fatigue syndrome and, I got into quote unquote the real world and started working. Yeah. Um, I was still single at the time and I was doing my thing and I'd go to work and then I'd go play tennis or that was my thing after uh, college or whatever, or after triathlon. And then um, as I started to have a family, I, I got into the job, the career in the company I'm with now, which is Abiomed. It's in a, it's a phenomenal company. We um, make a heart pump that, that um, helps patients with high risk procedures, or if they've had a massive heart attack, mm-hmm. we this they put this pump in. Phenomenal company, um, but it's high stress. Yeah, you know it was really high stress. And on top of that, I got this job a month before I got married. Right, right. <laughs> um, so I because why not just let it all come yeah, in at once? Yeah, right. Just, <laughs> let's just do it all. Rip the bandaid off and go. And. At, you know, you know my personality, and I don't do anything half-assed, right. and I go all in, and and that's what I want to be really successful. You know, I thought that my number one priority, getting married, was to provide for my family, right? And in order to do that, I needed to be really successful at this job, and so I would, I, you know, to the demise of probably Jeanette and the girls, there were sometimes that you know we were on our job is twenty four seven, seven days a week, three sixty five, right? Yeah. There are no holidays that patients don't have. Uh, they don't take days off, right? And, yeah, they don't. And as we were growing the business, I was gone a lot. Yeah. And 
then when I was home, I probably wasn't much fun because I was stressed about the job and, you know, I saw a lot of patients die and I was trying to, you know, I didn't grow up with a medical background and, you know, seeing that, that, that really affected me. And so it was probably a couple of years ago that I realized, man, I, I was, I felt like the, um, the water was always boiling yeah, and little stuff would tip the water, you know, the pot over and spill the water everywhere. And, then you'd have to clean up that mess, right? Yeah. And um, so I was like, man, I, I don't know what the hell is going on. And Dr. Tyler and I were talking about it. And he was like, well, let's, why don't you go see a psychiatrist and maybe get on some medicine? And so I had always been against that because I didn't want to lose my edge. Right. Right. Yeah. The thing that created, you know, got me a lot of things in my life. I was afraid to lose that sure. edge. So I went to go see the psychiatrist, told her about it. And she's like, listen, I think you have an underlying anxiety and you've probably had it for years, but you were an endurance athlete. So you were able to knock the edge right. off all the time. Right. Right. And now you're not an endurance athlete. You're in a high stress job. You got married. You got high stress at home too. just yeah. kind of adjustments. And so I got on some uh, anxiety medicine and honestly, I felt like I became a different human. It's the wildest fucking thing, dude. So I, um, I, and I, I talked about a lot of this in a past episode where we actually had my psychiatrist, um, Dr. Alan Rogel on the pod, but, um, you know, I spent, it's, it's, I I'm on Prozac now and I started on it, uh, like a little over a year ago, year and a half ago. It's the best, best decision I've ever made in my life. Like it, it has unlocked and untapped a, per, a part of me that I didn't know. Sure was there that I, that I always kind of saw, but wasn't able to get to. And I, I look back and think upon so many times in my life, actually the other night my mom and I were out having dinner and I was sharing with her about how I feel like my time through high school and college in many respects would have been very different mm-hmm. had I mm-hmm. been on mm-hmm. some kind of medicine, yeah. because I think I, I think I shined or I shied away from a lot of things because I, I don't realize, I don't think I realized how much my anxiety actually was at the wheel. Yeah. Right. For sure. Um, and I think, I think back through some moments through mine and Michelle's relationship and parenting and all that, and just the early years of that and how I, I, you know, you don't regret anything, but I definitely would have loved to take another stab at (laughs) some moments in life being on this shit that I'm on now. Cause it's a whole nother ball game. Yeah. It's a whole nother ball game and you don't, you don't, my biggest concern with it was exactly what you said. And it wasn't as much of the edge as it was, which I guess is the same thing, but it was, it was losing myself. I didn't want to be not me, but when the reality is I've become more me by being on it. Right. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I I get it. You think clear, uh, everything kind of slows down a little bit. You're able to, you know, your emotions, you're able to, kind of reflect on them, you know, and obviously nobody's perfect, but at the end of the day, I'm sure, uh, Jeanette would say the same thing. Thank God he got on that. Cause yeah. our marriage probably would have been over. Yeah. Uh, had I not. Um, and you know, I, I'm a, I lead a team now, um, more in management versus actually doing the day to day sales. And it gives me perspective in that realm too, right. Of, of how to manage a team and, and I'm able to just slow down and reflect. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the the big thing that I've tried to learn here recently is, I think Walt Whitman said it was, you know, be less judgmental and be more curious. Yeah. Right. And there's a big difference in 
when you approach life from a curiosity standpoint than from a judgment standpoint. Yeah. And uh, I, I felt like I was always just judging myself. I mean, as an athlete, that I was judged every time I stepped on the track or in a race or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was like, hey, how well did you perform? How fast did you go? Who did you beat? This is your standard. This is your standard. Yeah. And, uh, you know, life is not really like that. No. You know? And it, that's an interesting um, – I not long before you came over, I was – I read, I try my best every day to read um, a passage or the from Ryan Holiday, the Daily Stoic. So it's like a daily reflection. It's all philosophy based. But I read, I read one every day, and I do a little journaling on it. And um, one of the things I was writing about before you came over today was just that trying to do better at slowing down and seeing the world from my daughter's perspective at times, right? Mm-hmm. Like, cause it's so easy for us as parents to, we need to do it this way because this is the way we need to do it. And not, it, it, that's a hard balance at times. And, um, like this week she was, she's been in summer camps all summer for the most part. She's really loved them. And this one, this week was, I don't know why it was a challenge to go to it, but it was for her. Um, and I think a lot of it was just nerves and not knowing any, like she, this is the first camp she's gone to where she didn't know anybody at it. Mm. Um, and had never been to it before or whatever. And the, the, on Monday she was like really upset before camp and just ripping my head off and all this. And I kept saying to her because of my perspective through anxiety and everything, like, I feel like you're really anxious about this. And I realized that I needed to maybe like walk her there more than me. Tell her like, you're anxious this, you know, mm-hmm. and like try to let, try to look at, how hard it might be for her to say, I'm nervous about going to this or whatever, you know? Um, and I think that, that judgmental piece and really being more open to everyone and trying to see the world from their point of view is a huge, it's a huge trait that we as parents need, <laughs> need to yeah. be able to do with kids. Yeah. You know? I, I mean, we, you know, it kind of goes back. You were, we were talking about the ego as the enemy. And- yeah. Um, when we, before we started and, and truthfully it's, it is probably the, the enemy, and, right. you know, because your ego gets in the way. How do, how do my kids behave? That's a reflection on me. Right. You know, uh, why are they doing this? Why can't they just mind that? Whatever the case may be. And, uh, you know, kind of going back, I feel like sometimes I'm a little bit more removed now. Sometimes I get a little bit too involved, but I also can ask them a lot of questions and get them to reflect mm-hmm. because they need to find their own way and their own journey to your point. Right. And a lot of times we see what they're doing and, you know, you knew she was having anxious feelings and you wanted to just be like, this is what's going on, but she doesn't know how to comprehend that. Right. right. Or process. Right. It. So you've got to kind of walk that your kid down the path of, you know, let me help you under, you know, let me ask you some questions. What do you think about this? Yeah. Why do you think you're feeling this way? What does it make you think? What does it make you do? You know? And so it's more of a reflection versus a judgment. I mean, clearly it's, you know, they're doing bad stuff or they're doing things they shouldn't be doing. Yeah. You can, you can change their behavior, but what's the underlying cause of the right. behavior, right? Let's get to that. It's that I want to say I could be way wrong on this. I could be totally wrong. So if I am, I apologize. But I want to say when we had Eric Baker on the show the first time, he we we used to start every show with asking our guests their definition of a today's dad. And I think Eric said it's like being uh the bumpers in a on a bowling lane, yeah. right? So it's less about like 
a bumper doesn't take a ball and put it in the dead center. It just kind of knocks it back into play a little bit, right? Yeah. So it's that. You still got the lane. Yeah, it's yeah, a, it's that idea of play you with. can play, but I'm gonna I'm gonna keep you here, right? I'm not gonna let you get too far right. off. I can sit here and say to you like. I don't feel like you should be this worked up over this. What can we do to help you get here? Like, it's okay to have butterflies. What can I do to help you not be so anxious or whatever, you know? So, um, it's just an interesting, and I imagine, like I said earlier with the, the age of, of your kiddos right now, there's probably a lot more of that shit going on of really having to like take the reins off, but be that, yeah. Still be that safety net a little bit. Yeah, there's bit. a lot going on. I mean, one's getting ready to, you know, have their senior year and the other one's coming into high school and there's a lot that happens. There's a lot that, you know, the world is a brand new world. Yeah, man. Both of them <laughs> there's a lot of anxiety on both sides. Um, Do you guys know what you're doing, what Kate's doing on the college front? No, no, we don't. She, uh, you know, she's thought about playing uh, volleyball. She could, she probably played a small D1 school. Yeah. Um, but she also doesn't know uh, if she wants to kind of go that route. Yeah. Um, and I actually, I get that. Yeah, man. I imagine you're a good yeah, resource for that. I, I totally understand how it can be. And there's times I look back and think, you know, I wonder what my life would have been like, you know, as a normal college quote, student quote. Yeah. Normal college student instead of a div- division one athlete. And, yeah. you know, learned a lot of lessons, but um, it's to each their own, whatever, you know, decision and we'll support her and, you know, if she wants to play, I want her. I want to support her. If she wants to go be a normal athlete, or normal student, then right. I want that too. Yeah, I imagine that's a hard yeah choice as a as a high schooler trying to figure out like because you're college alone is hard enough, but trying to say like I'm now just, I'm committing my not really because you can always not do it, but I'm committing myself to doing this for four years. Yeah. Like I know I'm at least doing another four years of this. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep, for sure. I had a lot of. A lot of ups and downs through my college career, um, but it kind of really taught me that you got to listen to your body a lot. And you know, yeah. even though your coach is your coach, they they don't know you, yeah, like you know you, yeah. And so you were talking about that on. I'm going to blank on the name of the other podcast you did, uh, the Smart Athlete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were talking about that a little bit on there of just that knowing your limits and where you are, and the yeah, I think it's that. you know if I could go back to my to that. 18 year old that was leaving college or leaving high school to go to college, I would have said, trust yourself more. Trust, trust that when things aren't going right on the track, it doesn't mean you're weak. It right. doesn't mean you're sissy. Um, you know, especially as endurance athletes, you gotta, you, you gotta figure out how to manage pain. That's, that's your job. Yeah. Um, but sometimes, you know, your job is really to stop and reflect and listen yeah. to yourself and think about what's going on. You sent me, I, I, you may not remember this and it's more than fine if you don't, but I will, I, is one thing that I, I will never forget about our, uh, our friendship, our relationship is when the day I was leaving to go to go off to college, you sent me a text that day of basically saying what you just said there of like, you know, take time to be you trust the journey, enjoy the experience, all that. And it's something that stuck with me all through. It's certainly in that transitional time of life, but it's something I always think of when, I see you retalk or whatever is just that that was a big, it's, it's funny what one text will imprint yeah. on you, you yeah. know, but yeah, I, yeah, I, sure. I always appreciate that. Appreciated that to this day, man. Um, all right. So, um, a couple more questions here for you and then we'll, we'll head into our rapid fire. So we were talking about balance and I, I 
cut you off because I got all excited about my Prozac. But um, <laughs> <laughs> what do you so aside from uh, you know having therapy and and all that like truth not just the mental balance, but just the, that work life balance. It's something that I think we talk about on the show a lot. Like that's one of the biggest pieces of fatherhood is finding that pushing yourself up to the edge where you're doing everything you need to do for everyone else, but also having time for you. What are those things you do for you to kind of help yourself be centered? Yeah. Yeah. I've really gotten into yoga lately. Yeah. Um, hot yoga, especially, um, there's some phenomenal teachers here in Knoxville, um, and I love their classes. And I, I just, it's, I can go in there. Um, you know, there's people in there, and you can go in there and you can judge yourself if that's what you want to do. But you know, that's what yoga really is kind of taught me is like focus on you. Yeah. Every day is different. There's plenty of days that you, I go in there, I feel great. Plenty of days I go in there and feel like crap. Yeah, it's hotter than yeah. shit in there, well, man. <laughs> that, that, it is hot, and I do love that because I like to sweat and I like yeah. to feel like I'm getting the workout in. But I also, you, you get really in tune with your body yeah. and, you know, like what's going on and you get to reflect on, hey man, today's, it's not going to work, yeah. right? It, you, you can't put yourself, you know, push yourself further. Um, and so I've been doing that a lot. I've started playing golf. Yeah. Um, I've got two torn hip labrums and I'll eventually need surgery. And so that's kind of been the demise of my tennis yeah um i loved it it served a purpose for me um but it's time it was time to move on and my body appreciates that i put yeah, my body through imagine. a lot yeah, yeah you have man <laughs> and uh so sometimes i pay the piper even now because i don't know when to stop um but i'm i'm you know uh so those are the kind and then i ride a bike i'm doing peloton now i don't oh, yeah? have a road i don't own a road bike i don't own a tri bike really I don't any you don't bike. even own a bike nothing, anymore nothing Boy, that's we a change. We used to ride a lot. I do know. It, it is a change. And I mean, maybe there'll come a time, um, but it's kind of, it's easy to get on the bike 30 minutes and people are, you know, I have a trainer and-, and We love uh, our Peloton, man. Yeah, I love the Peloton because I don't want to think. Yeah. I, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just get on, somebody tell me what to do and I'll do it and be done with yep. it. And that's, that's the key for me right now. Well, it takes the work out of it. So it's like, I still, I mean, PG coaches, I, I still pay him for a run plan every month and it's the, I have- that has been when I started doing that again, that's been one of the biggest successes for me for consistently working out and having that mental break is I don't think about it. That's right. It's like, I don't know, have to, I don't have to try to decide what I'm going to do today. I know what I'm going to do today. So I'm just going to go do it. Yeah. (laughs) Just turn into a robot and And go. go. And if like yesterday it was hotter than hell and I had hill repeats and I was like, I'm not doing this today because I didn't (laughs) want to do it. You know, like I didn't beat myself up over it. I had a decent run and I came home and, it was like, all right, that's cool. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm okay with. I got, I got my mental reprieve in today, and that's right. I'm not going to beat myself up for not doing exactly what, yeah, I should have done. You and know? that's the key is just, you know, there's some days to push, and there's some days not. And yeah, it's just all depends on if you're actually, you know, conscious enough to listen to your body and and kind of what's going on. And you know, there's also a lot of life circumstances or what could be, you know, precedent on your life. Sure, man kind of comes into play too so that's the other thing is i used to be so regimented and you know i couldn't miss a workout i couldn't miss that whatever and you know part of the balance and is is taking time to go do some of those things that i do love right and being out in nature and i also love going to see my girls play yeah so i remember in the beginning i felt like you know a weekend away to to go do that travel stuff it was like oh god really i gonna spend another weekend away but 
once I settled into it and I was like, man, this is actually like a time and, and space right now that you get the opportunity to yeah. do this, then I, my perspective changed and now I love it. So what you were saying of those weekends are finite, yeah. right? Like, so you can look at it as like, which you're lucky you weren't like at a cheer competition because that would be, <laughs> that, that maybe is like excluded from yeah, this conversation, I'll, right? But I'm, like, not, I'm not going to knock any of the cheer dads. But I, it, it'd be a rough go. It's impressive me. that yeah, they can do I, what they do. I, I give them credit because I would, I would struggle. That would be a struggle for me. But those weekends are finite. You know, that time is not, it's, it's very limited. It's going to run out very quick. Sure. You know, you've got one get looking at going off to college. And yep. It's for sure. In no time at all. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm baffled that my daughter's going to be in fifth grade next year at, is mind boggling. It's crazy. It goes fast. <laughs> so might as well enjoy the ride. There you go. Um, all right. Last question before we head into our rapid fire, what's been, and I'm maybe you already answered this, but what's been your most challenging moment of fatherhood to date for you? Yeah. Oh uh, man, that's a good one. Uh, most challenging was getting out of the way of myself. Right. I mean, yeah. it was, it was understanding that something, you know, for me, it was, you know, understanding what that that the pot was boiling and that sure. to address that and because that was spilling over everywhere it's been over all of my relationships at home at work yeah friends i mean it was just not good and so i think that was the most challenging thing is recognizing okay something's up what's up let's get some help and and then let's let's Executing deal with it on that yeah. yeah and so i think that would have been the most challenging part was kind of dealing with myself sure Cool. All right, man. Well, we'll uh, we'll move into our our not so rapid rapid fire here. So, the first question to you: what's your uh, what's your drink of choice? Uh, alcohol or non alcohol? Whatever you want. I mean, if you're going to go alcohol, yeah, you know, go alcohol. That's yeah. Alcohol. I mean, I love a bu- bourbon. I mean, I'm a I'm a big uh, Elmer T. Lee Weather. You know, oh, of course you are. Fancy yeah. shit. <laughs> well. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying the stuff that I like. No, you're I right. Mean, I'm in the same boat. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's just, I don't, I don't drink a ton of bourbon, uh, you know, but I do love a good bourbon. I would kill a bitch for a bottle of Elmer Tea Lee because that is, that is one of my absolute favorites. Yeah, it is. It's a great one. Um, all right. What is one of the most annoying songs, shows, or movies that the girls have made you uh, listen to or be a part it's of? It's gotta be that <laughs> stupid ass Kardashian stuff that. The, oh, the, they watch you know, that on Bravo. I mean, yeah. I think it's they don't watch it a ton, but and you know, granted, there's times I come in and the next thing you know, I'm like sucked into it. I'm like, what, yeah, yeah. what am I doing why, watching why, this? Where's my why, life? Why gone? am I even <laughs> wasting my life away? Who cares what they're doing? I don't care what the Kardashians are doing. Uh, and so, yeah, that's probably one of the shows that I've kind of been a part of. Usually, if they have a show on, um, I walk in and it's like, okay, they have a show on, I'm out. Yeah. Know, unless it's a sport. <laughs> you don't need me yeah, right now. <laughs> yeah. Unless it's sports that I'm out. Um, what is, what has been, what's been your most embarrassing moment as a, as a dad? Hmm. <laughs> most embarrassing moment. I, I don't know how to answer that question. I think that, um, I can be embarrassed. I, you know, they start railing on me for my yoga. They start, you know, I don't know if Jeanette had a post on Father's Day and me doing a yoga activity and I'm falling all over the place because I'm not very flexible at all. And so I think it comes down to, you know, 
me saying or doing something stupid, and then next thing you know, you they're, balls yeah, they're over just it. railing on me. Fair enough. And they, they're they very good at it. And they <laughs> like to bring stuff up that I've done or said, and that's probably the most embarrassing moment. I they can't get, think of. They get vicious when there's blood in the water, man. Yeah, they, they love to jump it. You know, they love to pounce, for yeah. sure. Yeah. It's, uh, I've, I had a, a nasty as shit zit, like, right on my collar line for the last week and a half, and everybody, like, everyone in the family has just been non- Non-stop. non-stop about it yeah i mean like literally today michelle like the first thing she said to me she's like how's your crater doing today i'm like <laughs> can you be nice for a minute yeah, maybe i, I don't you. know good to see you too today yeah um what it what's something that you've learned from the girls you know i've learned um i've learned patience from them i've learned that there's a that they each go through life a different way um, I've learned tenacity. I've seen yeah. these two girls. Um, I think the the most fun thing that I see is they, when the, when it, a big competition or a big moment in their sporting event life happens, they step up to the plate. Yeah. And I think that's one of the coolest things, you know, every time Kate gets on a court, she excels when the lights are on. As they say, that's cool, man. Uh, I think Neil Stapp, the tennis pro at Cherokee, who is a good friend of mine, um, would tell me that, you know, that was one of the things that he saw every time he saw me play tennis. It was like, you'll play tennis, but then when it's in front of people, it becomes different. Yeah, it's game time. And, and that's what the girls do. Annie does it too. I mean, I think her biggest basketball, you know, uh, opportunity as a middle schooler was in the sectionals and, you know, in the regionals. She just came out of her shell and, took the team over and they, they won a game they shouldn't have won. And so that's my favorite thing that I get to see and that they've shown me is that they can rise to the occasion. And I love watching it. That's cool, man. Um, what, uh, two more questions. Well, second one or second to last one is what any good books you're reading right now or, um, yeah, we were just talking about this a few minutes ago. Um, I've started good to great by Jim Collins. And then I'm in the process of going back and forth with, um, Simon Sinek's the infinite games. Yeah. And I just, uh, man, I just love those books right now. I think they're really speaking to me and, and especially the infinite mindset, um, you know, being in business and, you know, trying to operate on a quarterly basis and report to wall street and how, you know, I've operated in an infinite world. I mean, in a finite world a lot because of my sports and things like that. And, uh, man, life's not infinite. I mean, life's not finite. It yeah. is infinite. So it, it's going to keep on going. And so what is my role in that right now? And so that's yeah. what I'm trying to figure out. It's, uh, again, like I was talking about earlier, the, with the daily stoic that today's passage was entitled the obstacle is the way, which is another one of holidays books. But I was writing, one of the things I was writing about was specifically that. And in those moments, like I was sharing earlier with Anderson, looking at trying to really look at those things as not these these finite moments of, Oh, you're pissed off about this or here we are with this. And really, all right, if we can change perspective or attitude here, the long game on that is huge. Yeah. Right. And it may not change it today, but we're laying that foundation to try to continue to improve upon that communication, that mindset, that whatever moving forward. So, um, all right, last question to you, Brandon. What what trait of yours do you hope that the girls inherit from you, or or see you practicing the most? Or yeah, I think it's just to love people well. Um, yep. I 
I I hope that they are generous people. I hope they give of themselves. Um, I hope they, you know, have the opportunity to lead people and, you know, have teams. And I think they both have unbelievable hearts, unbelievable talents uh, themselves. And so I, I hope that they, you know, both get out and in love and become contributors of society and, and uh, just treat people really, really well and love them and love them where they're at. I think that's the key too. is, you know, nobody, everybody's not in the place that you want them to be and, right. and you know, just love them where they are and see what happens. Yeah. Well, that's I, having known you for as long as I have, man, that's definitely something that you, you, uh, you shine that light on people as they're around you and, and in your presence and everything. So I, I, I think that they'll, they'll pick up on that one if they have. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the compliment. Already, I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Um, well, guys, we will have, I'll have, uh, we talked about a lot of books really more than anything today that I'll, I'll have linked in the show notes. Um, so you guys can check those out, uh, on the episode show notes or at wake dead, Uh, bell buddy, man. Thanks for, thanks for joining me on the pod this week, man. Yeah. Palmer. Enjoyed it. Uh, I'm glad we got to do it finally. Yeah. Me too, man. I know it's been kind of trouble getting us this, this schedule, but I think this is phenomenal what you're doing. It's a uh, impressive, uh, kind of your journey and you are, prior to me kind of getting married and walking down the path of fatherhood in a different way. And so, um, it's, it's just been amazing to watch. I love your family. Um, I remember your mom and your dad and your sister, <laughs> uh, you know, and I still see them every now and then and love seeing them. Uh, but it's just been amazing. I mean, I think I started, we started working together in in high school, yeah, yeah, 15 soft, or 16 or something. High school, man. Yeah. And so to kind of see where you're at, it's pretty awesome. And, uh, congratulate you on this podcast and man, just, uh, there's a term that I tell my teams all the time and I, I got it from Bobby Bones. Who's a, who's a country music singer. Yeah. You probably see him on American Idol or whatever, but he always talks about fight, grind, repeat. And that's kind of my mantra is like, Hey, just keep fighting, grinding and repeating. You know, that's the way to go through life. So I love keep it. doing it, man. Thanks for everything. Yeah, man. Thanks. Wake Dad, Drink, Repeat is an independently run podcast that is edited and produced by me, Anthony Palmer. I would love to hear your thoughts on the show. Give us a follow on social media, subscribe to the podcast, rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, or shoot me an email at todaysdad at wakededrinkrepeat.com. Thanks for listening.